Chapter Four of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Fatima da Silva. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright Mavy. Chapter Four. Who are the experts? The Christ story, which the world loves even in its most sceptical moments, curiously relates itself to the highest moods of the spirit, and its symbolism has an interior and convincing relation with the aspirations and hopes of men. One determining element in the discovery of spiritual and moral truth is strangely overlooked in our processes of investigation, and that is purity of life and harmony with its invisible order. In every other field of knowledge, we demand the most sensitive and accurate instruments of observation. The appliances which equip our laboratories are made with the nicest art and kept with the most painstaking care. Mechanism of exquisite delicacy of construction registers the faintest perturbation of earth or air. Microscopes of the highest power reinforce the eye. Telescopes planted where vibration is at the minimum and clarity of air at the maximum record the movements of stars on the far boundaries of space and analyze the fires that burn in the suns. The authority of the observer depends on the perfection of his vision. One of the foremost astronomers of the time owes his eminence to his extraordinary power of sight. Physicians build great reputations on the intelligence which resides in their fingertips and the acuteness of their faculty of hearing. In all other fields of knowledge, we insist on special qualifications and peculiar gifts and insist that the expert shall keep the organs he uses in the most perfect condition. If he violates the laws of health and his hand loses its steadiness, his eye, its clear-sighted and far-sighted vision, his ear, its acuteness, we set him aside as we set aside the instrument or mechanism that has lost its perfect adjustment. When an observer falls into this condition, his authority departs, and he no longer counts among the instruments of research. When it comes to the world of spiritual knowledge, however, where the most delicate and sensitive instruments of observation are required, we forget the tests which science has taught us, and we in turn apply to science, and listen to the reports of any man or woman who lays claim to that gift of prophecy, which is the knowledge of invisible things, without looking at his or her credentials. The man in the street does not assume to know astronomy, and if he did, we should give him small shrift of attention. But when the same man begins to speak of things which involve rare qualities of mind and character, we listen as to an oracle. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Men and women of spiritual genius and of moral achievements alone speak with authority on these great matters. 
the faculty of spiritual observation rests primarily on harmony with those laws of health which are the expression of right relations to the universe the man who violates these laws whatever his gifts of mind may be is as little entitled to credence when he speaks of spiritual things as is the astronomer when his sight has failed or the physician when his hearing has become dull the only expert in the knowledge of the spiritual order is the man who has kept his faculty of observation in the highest condition but we take our views of life from moral invalids from the morally insane from those whose hands are incapable of steadiness whose sight is a half blindness and whose hearing is a partial deafness there are scores of books in our libraries which assume to reveal the invisible order of life to us to interpret that life and to put the key to the mystery in our hands which are mere transcriptions of temperament reflections of moods revelations of abnormal individual experience and we accept these purely personal reports of moral and spiritual phenomena as if they were authoritative reflections of that vast order which reveals itself only to the sane the humble the pure in heart the work of a deceased man of genius often possesses the fascination which resides in pathology and often imparts the joy of art but it is a personal memorandum and not a record of universal truth the exaltation of personality which is one of the great notes of modern as contrasted with ancient literature and the immense emphasis on the authority of individuality in a democratic society have given us a vast rich literature which is of the highest importance as a disclosure of what is in man but some of which has not authority as a revelation of what life is in its fullness nor of a man in the highest reaches of his nature a man of genius who is insane is vastly more interesting than a commonplace lunatic but they are both mad and the ravings and illusions of an entire asylum do not count against the word of one sane man end of chapter four